Well, you may be seated. Great honor, Pastor. Thank you for opening the door. Sorry it took us 20 years to get here, but we, <laughs> we have a saying, better late than never. And, uh, of course, Louisiana is like a second home to us. Uh, we spend many, many months of our life here, including the great six weeks at the Hirsch Coliseum in Shreveport. And there are 59,000 people saved in the year 2000. And so uh, we feel like we are part Louisianans somehow. Uh, just that's the way it is. When you've been coming to state from 94 and slamming everything every which way but loose, I mean, from Baton Rouge to to Lake Charles, to Shreveport, to New Orleans. I mean, you know, and then places like uh, Homer, Louisiana, and, and <laughs> some other podunk holler places down <laughs> somewhere near the Battle Bayou. I, I'm not sure, but I mean, and I was so far out in Louisiana, I thought I had, I heard dueling banjos at one time. I was, I was, I was, I wasn't too sure, but anyway, we're glad to be here. Uh, people from Louisiana are very precious people. Amen. I thought I'd get a bit more response. Yeah. Didn't I didn't realize we had that many Texans here. <laughs> you and you, when you shout for somebody's state and they just sit and look at you, I mean, something's wrong somewhere, you know what I mean? <laughs> I want you to take your Bibles and go with me, if you would, please, to the book of Luke, chapter 3. There's several things we're going to do here tonight. Please do not leave till the end, otherwise, you might as well never have come. It's just that it's only one night. We only have one night. And you'll understand the full import of this meeting by the conclusion of this service. In Luke chapter 3 verse 16, this is John the Baptist. John answered saying unto them all, I indeed baptize with water, but one mighty than I come at the latchet of whose shoes I'm not worthy to unloose. He shall baptize you with the Holy Ghost and fire. Now, obviously here's John the Baptist announcing to everybody that he is a Baptist. And telling everybody that there's coming a Pentecostal after him. Now, I say that because I say that because it's very important that you understand that it's not us that instituted this. Jesus is the head of the church. He is the one that John announced and said, he didn't just say he would come and save you which we thank God for salvation, but he didn't just come to save you. He came to save you so he could fill you. So if you only get saved, you've got half. You've got to get filled. This is not an option. This Holy Ghost and fire is not an option. But yet you look at the majority of churches today and it's not even there. It's on some back burner. I mean, the services are getting shorter. And uh, the only fire they have, well, it's not even fire, just smoke coming out of the platform from some smoke machine. The room is, the room is so dark, you think it's some kind of a nightclub. And uh, the best part of the church is the coffee shop in the lobby, you know. 
and the skinny jean soy latte drinking pasta sitting sitting on a bar stool with a 22 minute message that we couldn't even move a, a hair and then we think we're going to shake a city come on ain't going to happen you people down here you like chili Last time I looked, Tabasco sauce came from Louisiana. Isn't that right? And then the Louisiana hot sauce. Hmm? Well, I come here tonight with some hot sauce. Yeah. Hallelujah. Some say, I'll take it mild. Not around these parts you want. Glory to God. Amen. Hallelujah. Fire is important for the church. Uh, in actual fact, you either get fire now or you have fire at the judgment seat where all your works will be burned up and you have nothing. You go to heaven with nothing. At least you get saved. Or you have hell fire. So picture which fire you want. I think I'll take fire now. Fire now, fire later, or hell fire. Which one you want? Amen. All right. So now, Jesus comes along, his whole ministry, of course, healing the sick, casting out devils, 7% of his life of ministry was that, showing us the Father. He said, if you see me, you've seen the Father, I am my Father one. I didn't come to do the will of him that's, I, I did not come to do my own will, but the will of him that sent me. And, uh, but all throughout his ministry, he was preparing his disciples for the time that the Holy Spirit would come. He talked about the Holy Spirit, the Comforter, the Paraclete, the one called alongside to help, your teacher, your intercessor, your guide. It's with great sadness that I announced to some in the church that the Holy Spirit is not a dove. He ain't no bird. <laughs> he's like a dove, but he's not a bird. Are you with me? And he is omnipresent, omniscient, and omnipotent. And he came on the day of Pentecost, and he never left the earth. You, you run around modern Pentecostalism, they tell you the Holy Ghost came at Azusa Street. I go, huh? You're 1,900 years out, my friend. <laughs> he didn't come at Azusa Street. There was a Welsh revival in 1904. There was another one in 1850. There was, there was a, a second Great Awakening in the 1800s. There was a first Great Awakening in the 1700s. God's been moving down through the centuries, not just when your history wrote it. Amen. When the Holy Ghost came, he didn't go hide somewhere during the Middle Ages. And guess what? You might not know this, but we're living today, right now, in the greatest hour of the history of the church. The greatest move of God is in the earth today. It's not coming. It's here now. It's here now. It's here now. Don't go by what you see on television or in Christian periodicals. Amen. And that's all I want to say about that. Now, Jesus talked to the disciples 
and he of course used the examples around about him uh, of the coming of the Holy Spirit but you could see it already in his ministry when he was at the well talking to a woman about a well and she became a well and that's in John chapter 4 which really speaks of salvation he said in verse 14 he said whosoever drinketh of the water that I will give him will never thirst but water that I shall give him shall be in him a well springing up to everlasting life what's that talking about it's talking about salvation a well springing up to everlasting life can you say amen when you get saved you get a well a well can impact a house or a street or a little village but then there's another level and that's found in John 7 and 37 the last day great day of the feast Jesus stood and cried saying if any man thirst let him come unto me and drink he that believeth on me as the scripture said out of his belly so shall flow rivers of living water so you've got a well spring up which is great to have a well if you don't have a well you get thirsty amen and then you have a river that's the next level a well can impact a house a street a village uh, in where I come from in Africa wells are very important in remote areas are you with me but then you get a river a river can impact a whole nation you have the mighty Mississippi, which, of course, you people don't know anything about <laughs> down in these parts. Um, and just because you were on the Mississippi doesn't mean you say you're going to stay on the Mississippi. It's the same with the Holy Ghost. Just because you once had the Holy Ghost doesn't mean you say you still have the Holy Ghost. Unfortunately, I found out that there's a town called Rodney, Mississippi. The embarrassing thing about the town is that it used to be on the Mississippi. It is now seven miles from the river because the river will change its course and it's the same with the Holy Ghost. All these churches, we the only ones and we have the move of God and we got the revival back in 1919. Yeah, and by 1928, the river went another way and y'all didn't even know it. Y'all sitting there just rowing in the mud about the best you can get a couple of crawdads because <laughs> the river is going to flow you're not going to dictate to a river where it's going to go are you with me now don't stare at me yet tonight because I'll come get you remember this <laughs> don't stare at me in that Louisiana tone of voice I'll come down there <laughs> I'll come down there and get you. And nobody's safe. Even you sitting at the back looking at me. <laughs> Brother waving his hand. I'm watching you, sir. Watching you. Amen. So here's the thing that you have to understand. If all Jesus was to do was to go to the cross, which, I mean, we got, I got a lot of friends in evangelical world, Baptist, bless their hearts. They just think Jesus came to save you if you're saved then you're just going to heaven and that's it, you know. And, and there's some bliss. I mean, Lord have mercy. Like a goose lost in a thunderstorm. They don't know which side's up. But you have to take the whole of the ministry of Jesus. You can't take just part that you like. Are you with me? 
So John the Baptist said, I baptize with water, but there's coming one after me who will baptize you in the Holy Ghost and fire. Aha. And I say the and fire because I grew up in Pentecost. I was saved at the age of five and baptized in the Holy Ghost when I was eight years of age. And I, I grew up in church. I grew up in, I know church. I don't know the streets. I mean, I go in the street, they, I think two people are talking to each other. They said there's a drug deal happening. I, go to, I don't know what a drug deal even looks like. Yeah, they, they, there's a big deal going now. No, they were just friendly people talking to each other. And, uh, so <laughs> I don't know that because I never was raised around that. But I come to church. I know when there's some spiritual religion going down. Because out in the world, there's cocaine going down. In the church, there's religion. <laughs> That's why some people's face is so long. They can eat grits out of the tailpipe of the automobile. No wonder they go to a lost and dying world, and the world take one look at them and say, you know what? I don't want that. <laughs> so Jesus, yes, he came to save you, but he came to do more than that. He came to save you so that he could fill you, so that then he could use you. And the fire is most important, very important. Your automobile doesn't go without fire. Somebody said, well, I drive a Tesla. Yeah, how far can you go with that thing? <laughs> You'll run out by the time you hit the Louisiana state line, please. Seriously. If you know anything about a combustion engine, and you know anything about a rocket or a spaceship, there's no, we live in Florida. They, they got the Kennedy Space Center there. There's nothing that's ever happened in space history where something took off of its own accord and there was no fire under it. The, the media said, amazing thing happened last night, two rockets left of their own accord. <laughs> it takes fire to break the gravitational pull of the earth. It takes fire to great, break the gravitational pull of sin. Without the fire of God, you won't accomplish God's purpose and plan for your life. Because the first thing that happens when the fire comes, it burns out all the dross. It burns out the fear of man, which brings us near. It, it burns out everything that's holding you back. How many in this room tonight, you feel God has put an assignment on your life, and it's a big one, and, but as of yet, you have not yet accomplished that. Wave your hand at me. Then how are you going to do it? Yeah. I'm preaching now. <laughs> how, how, how are you going to do it with a 1.5 volt battery? You'll be plugging in every few miles with your modern advanced Tesla thing. Hello. Come on. And then you get so advanced, you program a thing, and it takes you off a, off a bridge. Because it said the road just goes off into oblivion. How many have ever used Google to, to a map, a Google map? 
I've ended up in more places I didn't want to be on a Google map. And you're going to let Google drive your car? Where's the paper map? You can actually, I mean, kids don't even know where they're going anymore. They're all, if they've got to go to the store, the phone to go. People don't even know where they are. Hello, Siri. Alexa. We've really advanced. Actual fact, we've gone backwards. I'm serious. We've gone backwards. That's why everybody's buying these long playing records again. Have you ever seen that? I mean, you go to the store, they're selling vinyls. We out of all that stuff. We went, we lived that a long time ago. Now everybody's nostalgic going back to vinyls. Next thing, they'll be playing the gramophone. People are crazy. Just smile, everybody know we're not talking about you, it'll be okay. <laughs> so the fire is important. If you didn't have fire, you'd be eating raw food. Isn't that right? Can you imagine raw gumbo? <laughs> exactly. I'm from Africa, you don't eat raw stuff. You eat raw, you die. That's the way it is. And I don't like blood on my plate. We kill the thing. Amen. When you chase an animal around your plate, something's wrong somewhere. And I don't like the thing moving as it's going down into my stomach. And I, I sure don't like sitting there and doing this while it, it kicks. And God doesn't like raw believers. He wants, yeah. God doesn't like sushi believers. God wants well done believers. So when you, when you get to heaven, you hear him saying, well done, that good and faithful servant. You don't say medium rare, medium rare. And some Christians are like a TV dinner. You stick it in the microwave oven, you pull it out. The chicken is hot on the outside, frozen on the inside. He wants you cooked to the bone. So the fire comes. This past July is 40 years ago when the fire fell on me. 40 years ago, my God. Hallelujah. And I better be careful now, otherwise I'm gonna be messed up pretty badly for the night. Because I have been me 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 messed up for the last month. Because we've just we just had a month long meeting at the church, and and anyway, I move right along. Okay, so you need, you must, you have to, you must get the fire. The fire is available for every single person. There is a flame for every name. Can you say amen? You don't have to steal somebody else's flame or somebody else's fire. There's a flame specially for you. And it, it's unique to you. 
You know, I feel it right now all over this place. <laughs> I like what the old African-American preacher prayed. He said, Lord, dip me in the kerosene of thy spirit and set my heart ablaze that I may burn for you. And you might not know this, but right as you're sitting here right now, there's an angel dipping you in the kerosene of the Holy Ghost. God's going to set you on fire. Amen. You say, for what? To accomplish heaven's purpose and plan. For your life. So growing up at Pentecost, I saw a lot of people that had the Holy Ghost, but I didn't think they had the fire. As a kid, I'd watch and go, mm, he has the Holy Ghost. I don't think he's got fire. We had three people in our church that if there was a smidgen, you know what a smidgen is? Like just little, tiny, little smidgen of anointing, they would manifest. It would always start with Brother Rabababanda. <laughs> That was the only word he had in tongues. And if he felt just as, it didn't matter what time of the service it was, it didn't matter enough. He'd jump up at the top of his lungs, frighten everybody. I mean, my little brother ended up crying several times because he was frightened. Brother Rabababanda was close and scared him. He's only three at the time. You know, when you're three old kid and somebody Rabababandas, it's, it's a scary thing. And that would set off Sister Hikikikula. <laughs> and, and she would, that's the only word she had. And she was Hikikikula. And then there was Sister, sister Rukundu. Rukundu, Rukundu, Rukundu. <laughs> so there was no doubt they had the Holy Ghost. I didn't think they had the fire. That's all they did from all the years I was there in that church. And then you walk outside as a kid, and now they're fighting with somebody in the parking lot. And then you go, weren't you just raccoon do raccoon? And now you're fighting in the parking lot. And then growing up in church, some of the biggest tongue talkers, they were the biggest gossipers in that place. Hey. They go home and eat fried pasta for Sunday meals. They split churches. They caused trouble. So they didn't get the far. That far, as you all say, that far. And just so you know, I am Southern. I'm from Florida, okay? And there's 30, there was a test online, 30 fruits. And if you, if you reached a certain level, you were Southern. I hit 22 levels of I eaten. You know, from, I mean, you take it down to collard greens and cornbread and I mean, I, you know, so I'm a southerner, so just, y'all better know that. Amen. All right. So this is so important. You could sit here today and say, well, I love the Lord and I speak in other tongues. We're not talking about that. We're not talking about you love the Lord and speak in other tongues. There are many, the church in America, in the charismatic Pentecostal realm is filled with people in that, and some of them just do it quietly. Well, I just, I was just praying. I was praying in the spirit under my breath. But the, the problem is everything they do is under their breath. Nobody hears a thing. 
Bible tells us we've got to go shout it from the mountaintop. I am. Yeah. But just so you know, I ain't doing that. I'm going to be like them crazy people. There's so many people afraid about what other people think about them. And I found out in all the years, most people don't even think. And then opinions are like armpits. Everybody has them and most of them stink. So if you're going to run around and waiting for to listen to what people think, you're never going to do what, they, what God tells you to do. Because let me tell you, if God's going to use you for his eternal purposes, it's not going to come without persecution. Are you with me? Do you realize that we are a short period away from the day that things could change in America to where we would be arrested for preaching the gospel and we would be put in prison? Do you understand this? We have brothers and sisters in other parts of the world that are in death position right now, in prison for preaching Jesus. And we have it so easy in America. So easy. And everything's taken for granted. People don't even memorize scripture anymore. You've got the Bible on their phone. What do you do when the phone dies? Now I can't find it. The phone's dead. You know, one thing about my Bible, it never dies. You, know. you can still... We have to get people, we have to get them memorizing scripture again. Just put hiding whole chapters of the word in their heart. Are you with me? How many have memorized? How many have memorized scripture? Y'all better do it. When I was a little boy, I read the book, Torture for Christ by Richard Wurmbrandt, who was in a communist prison in Romania, in Bucharest, 17 years. They threw him in solitary confinement. If you, you can Google it. You can get it on Amazon and read the book. I just had one of my staff, I handed it to them, and they said they, they'll never be the same. And for 17 years in a communist prison, and I don't know how many years he was in solitary confinement, in a box in a hole with no light for, for several years. They just give him food. You know what? He, he published a book called Sermons from Solitary Confinement because he said the only thing that kept his mind that he didn't go crazy was he preached to himself every single day and he preached from the scriptures he had memorized and can you imagine if he didn't memorize scripture what would he preach there would be nothing to preach are you with me so the word is so important very important of course Jesus is the word and was the word and the word came walking down the road amen but it's the word of God that pushed the disciples towards a place called the upper room. The Lord spoke to me, said, Son, I want you to run to 300 cities of the world. Do not go to arenas, go to churches. Upper room. An upper room had 120 people. So anything more than 120, I'm happy. Are you with me? And so here we are, number 112 tonight, and we've got others. We've got uh, 
this week, you know, tomorrow Houston, then Denver, three places across the day, Sunday night, London, Ontario, up to Mysticity in the Cree Nation of Quebec, up to Equalit in the Arctic with the Eskimo, and then across to uh, Yellowknife, and then Grand Prairie in Edmonton, and then we have a two-week break, then we're making a run across Asia to 12 different cities across there, and then November, another 18 cities across the United States. Now, why? Because the churches have so been embarrassed about the Holy Ghost that they take the power of God and stick him in some back room somewhere. And let me tell you right now, the people are not ready. Without the power of the Holy Ghost, you're not ready for what's coming. Somebody said, yeah, but we see a turn. We, all we did was get a stay of execution. All we did was God bought the church just a few more hours. That's all. Now, I came as a missionary to America. God prepared me from a little boy. I would take my teddy bears. I would line the bears up at the age of five. I would preach to the bears, and I would lay hands on every bear, and they would all fall under the power. <laughs> then I would take the bears. My brother, who's three, I'm five, and I would, at that time, I would take him. We'd go to the bathroom, fill up the tub, and we'd baptize the bears by full immersion. <laughs> But this is back in the 60s. The bears were not made for that kind of treatment. So some of the bears were only three baptism maximum. Then the eye would come off and the ear would come off. Now we had to have a miracle service because the bear was blind and this bear was deaf, you know. Then my mother would sew the eye back on and the ear back on. And then we had a testimony service of the great miracle that the Lord did. And then I would hand the service to my little brother and climb out the window and go preach in America in the backyard in Africa. And then I come back 10 minutes later, grab the microphone, which was consisted of a hairbrush, which kids, if you're learning to preach, a hairbrush is a great microphone. And then I tell my brother and the bears what great things the Lord had done. So when I read the scripture, because I started memorizing as, as, as a boy, whole chapters. And when I read the scripture that he'll baptize you with the Holy Ghost and fire, that always concerned me. Holy Ghost and fire, Holy Ghost and fire. So when I looked at people, I go, Holy Ghost, no fire. Because there were preachers that would come to town to give a lot of information. You leave, you, two days later, you didn't even know what they were saying. You knew who they talked. But then there were others that preached, and a week later, you could still feel it. Do, do you know that we are, oh, I better be careful. No, 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 you don't understand. I've got a mission here tonight. I have to finish it. But I, we had a service yesterday morning. The fire God trashed our church. And I'm still shaking from the service yesterday morning. We had a great service in Oxford, Alabama last night, but I'm still shaking from yesterday morning's service. So there's something about the Holy Ghost. This is not something that's just like an emotion where you just go and, and, and you know, whoo, hallelujah, praise God, you know, and jump the pew and run the aisle. This is a fire that comes in, in your bones. The fire of God that comes right into your bones. And it's not something that you even have to say anything. I mean, just you, you become a carrier. You are to be a 
carrier of the eternal flame of heaven. The same fire that fell on the day of Pentecost. It's not another. It's not a lesser. It's the same fire. Do you understand? Do you understand what I'm talking about? The same Holy Ghost. The same fire that came in the upper room. The same fire that fell on Peter, James, and John. Can come on you tonight. It's like people just like, no, you don't understand why. God is not going to give you anything less than what he gave them. You say, do you have proof? Yeah, he said, the promise is unto you and to your children and all them that are far off, which is us. You can't get anybody more far off than us. 2019 years later, we're far off. This fire is for this hour. This fire is for this generation. And you know how many people I meet that once had the fire? Brother Rodney, I had the fire years ago. And then circumstances came and the storms of life came and the winds of adversity blew. And there was a time I was radical and I was radical for Jesus but something happened man something happened I I remember when the revival broke out in 89 and picked the momentum and I, I was walking down the aisle and I'm always you know I love people so I saw this lady she was just kind of staring at me and I was walking up the aisle this was back in the early 90s you know so I was walking up the aisle and I saw this lady older lady she was staring at me and I, I said lady lady have some joy she said I have the joy sonny boy <laughs> and and she didn't she she didn't and the lady next to her said i haven't had the joy since 1946 and i said oh that's terrible oh what what happened in 46 did the, did the earth just move i felt the earth move <laughs> i'm serious Do you, you have some kind of a fault line under this thing? Did, did, you, did you feel that? Lord have mercy. I, I felt there. I never felt that before. Is this safe here, brother? Do you have a basement underneath you? I felt something do that. I thought, Lord have mercy. I thought I was on a boat out in the bayou. Don't rock the boat, eh? i got to finish you. So I said to the other lady, she said, I haven't had the joy since 1946. I said, lady, oh, that's terrible. What happened to you in 1946? She said, I got married. (laughs) No, so people, things happen in people's life. They lose, they lose their fire. They lose that flame, you know. And tonight, God wants to set you ablaze. He wants to set you ablaze. And here's the thing. I'm only looking for 100 people per city. At 300 cities, that's 30,000 people. And, and to mobilize, we're already at 37,000. At the current rate that we're going, by the time we finish 300 cities, we'll be at 102,500 people that will commit 
with the fire to win souls. If everybody wins one soul a day to the Lord, that's 37 and a half million people a year. The compound interest is going to be huge. And you know, okay, not everybody's going to win a soul a day, but there are going to be people that are going to take off and get ignited. And I'm not just talking about pastors and evangelists. I'm talking about businessmen, businesswomen. I'm talking about people, educators, people in government, people in every realm, sports people. And everybody, when the fire comes on you, you go and win souls. You get, that's what you do. And it's just a matter of course about your daily business. You go there to get your hair done. The lady that does your hair, does she know about Jesus? Did you ever tell her? The lady that does your nails, the dentist, the butcher, the baker, the candlestick maker. <laughs> Come on. You know that 95% of the American church never tell another person about Jesus. So they come to church and they worship God, but then Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, they, they silent. We're being overrun by Islam. We're being overrun by communism, by socialism. Our nation is, is, is being ripped apart because the church is quiet. It cannot be quiet. You know, I've traveled across the Middle East. I preach like this in Bahrain. I preach like this in Qatar, a nation totally under Sharia law. I told them, don't you come live here and then you quiet. What's what are they going to do? Chop your head off? Well, they can't. They're not going to do that. They've got the World Cup soccer coming. They can't please. <laughs> they, don't want it. they don't want that on the human rights abuses. I said, get bold and Win the loss and bring in the harvest. The worst they can do is kick you out of here. Come on, it's time to bring in the harvest. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. Hallelujah. Yeah, I'm a radical. I'm a radical. I warn people when they come around me, politicians, business people, I say, hey, we tell you right up front here. Yeah. You sure you want to be here with me? I meet with him in my office. I say, are you sure? Who sent you here? What do you, want, what do you want from me? You might want to think about this because I'm a radical. <laughs> I said, yeah, let me tell you right now, I'm full-blown Holy Ghost. I, I, cast, you know, I cast out devils. I believe in healing and miracles and signs and wonders. And I said, and I believe in prosperity too. And, and I said, because then they tried to divide you and, well, you, you're not like him. I said, oh, I'm worse than him. I said, yeah, because otherwise you're on a backpedaling all the time trying to defend whatever. I offend nothing. I'm, I Go read your Bible. And you want to debate me on it? Come on down. I'll tie you up in your own shoelaces. No, this is not a game. Because I know the word. I know the word. But I, beyond knowing the word, I know the author of the book. When you, when you meet the author... When you know, when you know, when you know, when you know, when you know the author, he who has eyes as flames of fire. Don't go. Come back. I'll change.
you're going to learn something here tonight that you didn't know about the upper room. And you'll find out why there was only 120 people there. When there were thousands that followed Jesus' ministry, only 120 people were there. You're going to find out why. So we said, you know what? Yes, I do. Because <laughs> I asked the Lord. Two of the greatest events of the church, there was nobody there. Or very little. The cross. Nobody went. Nobody left. And then Pentecost. Just 120. Where were all the rest? I knew God called me in the ministry. I said, if I'm going to go in the ministry, if I can't have the fire, I'm not going. I'm not going. I, I'm not going to go, go peddle some nonsense, some regurgitated hash from some other whatever. If it's not burning in me, I, I'm, that's, you okay? Uh, it was, it was, it was not burning in me. I, that's how I am. I'm very much in, in the moment. You know, I, you, I'm not going to pretend. I'm not going to make something up. Are you with me? Because I see a lot of people always pretending, and then they never end up finding what they were really supposed to be. We tell people, don't try to be somebody else's. Everybody's taken. <laughs> no, I was flying through Atlanta, and we were at the gate. And there were 40 Elvises there. I thought, Lord have mercy. <laughs> they all looked like Elvis. They were, uh, thank you, thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you. Ain't nothing but a hound dog. <laughs> yeah, I thought, Lord. 40 Elvises. And then I thought to myself, there were even some that they said were better than Elvis. No, no, they said they were better they were, be they were better Elvises than Elvis was Elvis. No, no, seriously, I'm, I'm making this up. They said, he's a better Elvis than Elvis was Elvis. What I'm saying is he would never, they never know who they really would have been. What if they would have been something that would have been totally unique? No one will ever hear them because they spent their whole life trying to be somebody else. God never, I don't care if you look alike. I don't care if you get your face changed to look like somebody else. God never designed for any person in this room to be somebody else. He designed for you to be you. And for his power and his fire to mobilize you. There's not one person here by accident. Everybody here is by God's divine purpose and plan. Some of you say, well, I don't like my face. Well, your face is very distinctive. And it is distinctively you. I feel so sorry for them people. They're always changing their face. You see them, you wonder, what has happened? <laughs> well, I don't like my nose. You know, my nose is the way it is because I can breathe more air than other people can. <laughs> Somebody said, I don't like my ears. 
just means you're going to be hearing a lot more than other people can hear. You go, did you hear that? They go, no, I never heard it. Well, look at their ears, small, you know. So, you know, what I'm trying to say is, people are always moaning about certain part of the way they look or whatever, and they don't understand. You are very uniquely you. And you're fearfully and wonderfully made. So I'm just listening to what you have to say. I got nothing to do with you, dear brother. Personally, I find no fault in you. I, you know, I'm just, I mean, apart from him being attacked by bobcats on the way here, but, you know, there's other than that. There's nothing. I didn't realize we had such a bobcat problem here in Louisiana, but. So I wanted this fight. Now, go with me to Acts chapter 1, because I want to show you something here. And, I'm, and you're going to learn something here about the upper room of why there was only 120 people. And we read from verse 1. The former treatise of Amado Theophilus of all that Jesus began to do and to teach until the day in which he was taken up after that he through the Holy Ghost had given commandments to the apostles whom he had chosen. Now watch this. To whom he also he showed himself alive after his passion. Watch this. By many infallible proofs being seen in them 40 days. So when Jesus rose from the dead, he did not just leave the earth. He hung around for 40 days. 40 days is a long time. If I come stay at your house and I'm there 35 days, you'll be calling all your friends going, he's still here. <laughs> now you say, what are the infallible proofs? Well, he didn't tell us what they were. When I get to heaven, we'll pull the virtual reality tapes and we'll watch all of them just because I'm curious and I want to see all of the infallible proofs. But one of them we know, they were in a locker room, they were praying and Jesus came through the wall. I'm from Africa. If I'm in a locker room and I'm praying and somebody comes through the wall, I'm going through the wall that side. <laughs> I don't know about you. I ain't hanging around to find out why he come through the wall. Amen. How many know that's an infallible proof? The whole of Jerusalem knew that he was alive. All the Old Testament saints came up out of the grave. They, they paid the soldiers to lie and say the body was stolen. And guess what? That's the, the descendants of the ones that paid the soldiers to lie. They're paying the church to lie even today. Tongues is not for today. Healing's not for today. Blessing and provision, not for today. The same lying devils are paying the same lying devils to keep lying about the reality of our resurrected Lord Jesus Christ and the power of the Holy Ghost. He is alive and God is moving in the earth today in the most powerful way and God's about to move in even a greater way in and through your life here tonight. So he showed himself alive. Everybody say, he showed himself alive by many infallible proofs. All right, look at the next verse. And being assembled together with them, he said to them, okay, 
all the work is done now. Just go do what I told you. Is that what he said? No, let me read it again. And being assembled together with them, he commanded them, okay, I accomplished everything at Calvary. You all saved, so just go and read your Bible and pray, sing in the choir, attend church, but don't overdo it. 60 minutes a week will be enough for you. Is that what he said? Let me read it again. And being assembled together, we command not to part uh, 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 from the church. Just stay inside the church and just bless each other. And just stay in there. Don't forget to sing Kumbaya. And I can go on and on with that. No, do not depart from Jerusalem. But what do you mean, Lord? Why, why do we need something else? Yes. Wait for the promise of the Father, which saith he, ye've heard of me. And then he goes and says, For John truly baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Ghost not many days in. Oh. Remember, they were all saved already because he met them on the road and breathed on them and said, Receive the Holy Ghost. That's when they got saved. They didn't get saved in the upper room. They got empowered in the upper room. Amen. And then verse 8, but ye shall receive power, or you shall receive firepower, or you shall receive infallible proof. That's why he wants you to get baptized, so that you carry the infallible proof of the, of the resurrection everywhere you go. Something happens when a person full of the Holy Ghost comes into place. Something happens. The very atmosphere of the room changes. And people look in your eyes, they say, I see Jesus in your eyes, I hear Jesus in your voice, and I feel Jesus in your touch. And that's how you're supposed to be Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Sunday should be a celebration, not a raise me from the dead service. Sunday should be a celebration, not bring out the defibrillator. <laughs> it's been a hard day's night, and I've been working like a dog. Y'all pray for me, because the devil just had his way this week with me. My dog died. My pet parakeet flew away. The washing machine blew up. And the Buick dunk got stole. And my pet goldfish, Molly, I found her this morning. not funny. You know how long we had the goldfish? 
You shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost come upon you, and you shall be witnesses unto me in Jerusalem, and in all Judea and Samaria, and all the way to Addis. Which is the uttermost part of the earth. Not for you, it's home, but for me it is. I can't get any further away from the house than here. So now, Jesus leaves on day 40. Because right after that, he left in a cloud. Remember this, everybody today wants to, you know, upload things, go on the cloud, on the cloud. Jesus was on the cloud before everybody. Moses used the first tablet. And Adam was on the first Apple product. <laughs> Moses actually bo broke the first tablet and had to go up and get another set. So Jesus leaves on day 40, goes up on a cloud. The angel said, the same Jesus as he's leaving is coming back again. So Every time I see a cloud, I wonder if that's the one, the next one is, is coming back. How many of you know that he's coming very, very soon? How many feel that? You know, I mean, that's why I'm running. You know, by 2020, 370, will you get it to it? Yeah, we'll get to 370 by 2020. Mark it down. Oh, yeah. And I might even do a few more. Probably do 330 just to, for a tithe. Just for fun. So he leaves on day 40, but the Holy Ghost didn't come immediately. They went to go wait in the upper room. So I personally feel this way, and of course I get to heaven to verify these things, but it's not that I'm adding to Scripture because I'm not taking away. There's only 120 on the day of Pentecost, but personally, my personal opinion, because of human nature, that probably more people went to the upper room than what was actually there on the day of Pentecost. Because people, where are you going? Well, Jesus said, go away to the upper room. Are you coming here? Yeah, yeah, I could come along. Why not? Are you coming to? Yeah, come. So they go. Now people are there. But they don't know that this, they have to wait for 10 days. They don't know that. Because Jesus never said, when he was coming. He never said what he would look like. And he never said what time he would come. If I tell you somebody's coming, I tell you what time they're coming, what day they're coming, what they look like, so that you know. So he said, I'm waiting here. Who are you waiting for? I don't know. What, when are they coming? I don't know. What time? I have no clue. I'm just sitting here on a bench in a park waiting night and day waiting you stood here what are you doing I'm waiting because well, that's what they were doing they were waiting apart from them costing lots to, to get a replacement for Judas they were not holding a seminar Peter thinks they were there people think they were there having a seminar and Peter was doing afternoon workshops on how to walk on water Thomas <laughs> was doing a special thing on how to overcome doubt 
and Matthew was giving his life story. You know, I used to be a tax collector. They were, they were waiting. How do you wait? How do you wait? I, I had to learn to wait when I got married. Well, I tell you what, I, I had to learn to wait. And, and my wife hurries slowly. I, you know, <laughs> the greatest thing you can learn as a young man is to, is to have to wait for your wife. No one told me. And, and, and the day I learned to wait is where things got better for me. Amen. There's flashes of light and stars that I saw. No, I'm just teasing. But, <laughs> you know, I mean, to just wait. We go shopping. I don't shop like my wife. I already make up my mind. I know exactly what one I go in and get it. I'm so happy about shopping online because the boxes just come to the house. You know, what I mean? it's like thank God. You know, she search, 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 but boxes come to the house. And then I knew that was two. That was three hours. For the, you know, I would be waiting for that because she goes in, and I go in straight and buy. I, I'm going to shop out and go in. I know exactly what I want, and I'm going to buy. She goes in. She's looking. Honey, what are you doing? Well, I'm shopping. Well, you haven't got anything yet. We've been here three hours. I know, but I'm shopping. I, 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 I know what I'm doing. Come on. How many know what I'm talking about? We go to the mall, you know. She wants to go into ladies' store, you know. All kinds of pink, frilly stuff and whatever. And I go, I ain't going in there. I, <laughs> you know. I'm standing there, and, and she's, you know, back behind the thing, and then one of the congregation members sees me. Oh, Pastor Ronnie, what you do? Oh, just trying on some new stuff right now, yeah? What a, yeah. Hey, honey, you go you go in there. I'll wait outside. Yeah, i just stand there. People come. Pastor Ronnie, what you do? I'm waiting. For what? My wife. Well, where is she? She's in the store. When will she be? I don't know. When she's finish she'll be here and then of course I had two daughters they had to wait triple now I've got four granddaughters now so I, that's all I do is wait <laughs> we, we go to a park or something that's all I do get there the moment you get it they got to go to the restroom okay so you got to restroom all right Come out, then they're hungry, so you buy some food. You know, then they they got to go to the restroom again. That's all you do. You just wait. You get you get one ride. After that, I'm hungry. Then you get more food again. Yeah. Just, all you do is wait. That's all you do. Just wait. How you doing? I'm just waiting. So I've learned to wait on the Lord. You know. Why well, the Bible says, "They that wait on the Lord shall renew their strength." They're mounted with wings of eagles. All right. So now watch this now. So they go to the upper room. So picture this now. Let's say that more went, more than 120. As the days went by, one by one, the people that were not supposed to be there, why? Because they were not with one accord, one place. That's why God can't move where there's fighting and strife and people arguing. And sometimes if you're a pastor, some people, you need to show them where the door is. 
and say, look, you don't belong here because you don't like anything here. All you want to do is cause trouble. So you have to show them where the door is. Not to be mean, but even have a church bus that will take them to another church. Keep, <laughs> no. Keep a list of churches where you can actually send people, you know. Say, we want to bless you. I know of a ministry that would love to have you. Love to have you. If you if you could go down there, it would be just phenomenal. It's important because they just want to fight all the time, you know. And and if they can't get the message, teach the choir the song, hit the road, Jack, and don't you come back no more, no more, no more. Hit the road, Jack, you know. And if they can't get that, then just plain tell them, don't let the door hit you with the good Lord split you. It's important. No, I told you I'm from the South. So, but this is important. No, this is important because you can't have people fighting and expect God to come and move. He's not going to do it. And some people, all they want to do is fight. I have blessed God. That carpet is where my daddy got the Holy Ghost back in 1990. Well, your daddy's already in heaven. I know. Well, but that's a carpet where my little Aunt Minnie, she got delivered from devils. Yeah. Looked like whatever devil came out of her went into you. I, that's all I can tell you. But the carpet is rotten. We're replacing it. Well, I don't want to replace it. I want to keep that carpet. People find out. They move the organ from the left side of the building to the right side. Oh, my God. You think I'm making this stuff up? I ain't making it up. Church in many places full of mean people. Because when the fire when there's no fire, then all the rats take over. And the cockroaches come. When the fire comes, then all the rats and cockroaches run. Now smile so that everybody knows we're not talking about you. I mean, come on now. So one, everybody say one accord, one place. So with 10 days to go, say in the first few hours, somebody left. Nine days to go, people left. Eight days, seven days, six days, five days. Still, they don't know when he's coming. They don't know what he looks like. So it's natural for people to start going. Then imagine being the person on the ninth evening you're standing there. Now, this is not in the Bible, so please don't go looking while I'm talking to you. But on the ninth evening, two friends are talking. And the one friend says to the other, listen, I can't wait another day. I mean, it's impossible. I, I made an appointment six weeks ago. Tomorrow morning at 9 o'clock. Do you remember that one hump camel that I had? you remember him? You know, we used to get great mileage off of him but he blew out his back hoof but he, no he's still a great genetic I mean phenomenal but the dealer the camel dealer said he would give me a trade-in and give me a great discount because he needed you see I used to get like 22 miles a day off of him but we downed about eight but he said he wanted it for his granddaughter and she only needed it for about two miles a day so it really worked well for him and he's really placid and just really fit his granddaughter, so he wanted to do the deal, and he's going to trade me up. I'm going to a two-hump camel. This one, he's going to get 26 miles a day. And just they said it was the finest genetic camel, 
And if I didn't, if I missed that slot tomorrow morning, 9 o'clock, I have to wait another six months to trade it. So I, I, I'd love to be here, but I just can't. Maybe you can get me the DVD. <laughs> or maybe you can give me a special code and I can tune in and watch online. Or do, could you buy me the T-shirt when that comes out? And then the friend says, look, I understand. I can't, I have to leave too. My mom-in-law comes in. She's coming in from Jericho and I have to go down and pick her up at nine o'clock tomorrow morning. <laughs> and so they leave. Then I often thought about it. Imagine being the ones that left the upper room at five to nine. You've waited all those days. But at five to nine, you left. Because you had to go pee. <laughs> no, I, I mean, think about it. You had to do a forest gump. You know what I mean? I, no, because some people, they walk right out. The Holy Ghost moving. I, I'm not telling you not to go. Please, we don't want mess in the church. But no, there's always a reason why people are never where they're supposed to be because they have to be somewhere else. But you have to make time for God. You can't ask God to fit your schedule or schedule, how you want to say it. I'm convinced that when Jesus comes, when the trumpet sounds, people will be sitting on the pot. <laughs> Fortunately, you're going to get a glorified body in new garments, so you're not going up buck naked. You, you, thankfully, hallelujah, come on now. But imagine, so you leave, even you left, with 60 seconds to go and you're walking down the street and then you hear, you hear a sound. But you weren't there when it happened. So then the Bible says, and when the day of Pentecost, which was day 50, which is Pentecost, which is Jubilee. Nine o'clock in the morning. <laughs> and when the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all with one accord. Suddenly. There came a sound from heaven, like a rushing Mighty wind. <laughs> and it filled all the house where they were sitting, and they put of them cloven tongues like as a fire. I sat upon each of them, and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. And they were dwelling in Jerusalem, men out of every nation, and they heard them speak in their language, Parthians and Medes and Edomites and all of the, all of the different languages, Cretes and Arabians, you know. But they were not speaking natural language. They were not talking natural language. They were speaking in other tongues. 
They were not talking unnatural. They heard them in their language. But they were speaking a heavenly language. And some were amazed, and others marveled, and others said one another, What meaneth this? Others mocking said, These men are full of new wine. That's another thing. I grew up in church. I didn't think people were full of new wine. Some were full of something, but they weren't full of new wine. You know what? You know what full of new wine means? Full of new wine means that you are intoxicated. That's why Peter got up and said, These are not drunk as you suppose. When last were you in church drunk? I, I didn't write this. It's in the Bible. When lost did you have to be Ubered out of a church service? Somebody said, I didn't know there was anything to drink. This is, this is new wine. New wine of the heavenly kind. This is new wine that comes from the grapes that have been freshly squeezed that come from the vineyards of God. Somebody said, people would think I'm crazy. They already do. Did you see what they said about you on your Facebook? <laughs> Welcome to Louisiana. There's an oxygen mask right under the seat, brother. If you reach down there, there'll be air to breathe. What do you think happened on the day of Pentecost? A little spark? A gentle breeze? And they all spoke intelligently with scientific equations? I feel it all over this place tonight. I feel the fire of the Holy Ghost. I feel the fire of the Holy Ghost. Don't be afraid. The Lord says, fear not. It is I. Jesus is the baptizer in the Holy Ghost and fire. Fear not. Be not afraid. Be not afraid. 
only believe all things are possible. Be not afraid. Be of good cheer. Marvel not. Verily, verily, I say unto thee, Don't try to grab a hold of this with your head. Don't. Grab a hold of it with your heart. And please, nobody fall off that thing. Y'all yeah, fasten your seatbelts up there. Without this Holy Ghost, without the Holy Ghost and fire, without the joy of the Holy Ghost. For the kingdom of God is not meat and drink, but righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Ghost. Without it, you're not going to make it in the days to come. You won't make it. This is the controversy of our ministry. been happening for many years now the places that will have nothing to do with us for we have great joy in the meetings and they do not like the great joy that's in the meetings and they would rather that we would have sad services but too late too late we were ruined many years ago 50 years ago when I got baptized in the Holy Ghost. 50 years ago. 50 years ago. 40 years ago. 40 years ago when the fire fell on me. This past July. 40. 40 years. 30 years ago, revival broke out. Upstate New York. 20 years ago, went to Madison Square Garden. Ten years ago, God opened up television and put us on around the world for nothing. And now fire's falling in people's homes and amazing what's happening. And the Lord said, mobilize the church. Let them win souls. It's not about everybody coming to your meeting. It's not about everybody coming to your altar. It's about everybody becoming a mouthpiece. God using every, every mouth, every, all the hands used. Tonight, the fire's going to fall upon your hands. Tonight... The fire is going to fall on your mouth. Tonight, the fire is going to fall on your feet. Tonight, the fire is going to fall on your ears and, 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 and your eyes. You're, you're going to see things you've never seen before. You're going to hear things you've never heard before. You're going to go places you've never been before. You're going to lay hands on people. And when you speak, your words will not be empty words, but the words will shake in the hearts of men and women. Your family members are going to be saved. All your family members are going to be saved. They're going to come into the kingdom. They're going to be delivered off of drugs, alcohol, off of meth, off of crack cocaine. They will be delivered by the fire of the Holy Ghost. Not one of your family will go to hell. Not one. Not one is going to be lost. 
because of the fire of the Holy Ghost. I can stand you all night and tell you testimony, but we don't have all night. But this is the first thing. And then there's two more things we'll do after this. I want everybody to bow your heads, please. Now I do this because this is like an altar. This whole room is actually an altar tonight and an upper room, even though we have more than 120 here. But I want to ask you a question. If you fit into any one of these three categories, I want to pray with you first. And then after that, I'm going to pray with you for the fire. And then after that, we're going to mobilize everybody. Give each person an assignment. Because this is not for one or two people here. This is for every believer here. The only thing you can take with you when you leave this earth is people. Your house can't go. Your car can't go. Your, even what you're studying to be educated with, your certificate's worth nothing over there. Everything you're looking for on the earth is going to be worth nothing 100 years from today. It will mean absolutely nothing to you. One of the big concerns in my heart, not only to reach the lost, but I told my wife this yesterday morning as we were getting ready to go to church, I said, my biggest burden I, f I feel in my heart is to make sure that the Christians make heaven. I see so much compromise today in the church and just pray that no one would be lost. You know, I know there's a lot of people just think, well, I'm saved, I'm, that, that's it. But the Bible that I read tells a different story work out your salvation with fear and trembling it's not a game we're not playing a game so if you're here in this place tonight and you fit in any one of these three categories I want to pray with you for you maybe you came here tonight you're not born again don't know Jesus but tonight you want to give your life to him then this is for you if you're in this room and you gave your life to the Lord in days gone by, but you've, you're cold. You're not serving him like you should. Now, here's what I tell people. We tell them this. If on a scale with zero being cold and five being hot, where are you? Some say, well, I'm about a three and a half or four. You're still not hot. Revelation chapter three was right at the church. And he said, I know your works, that you're not hot or cold, but you look warm. And he said, I'll spew out of my mouth. And, and I know that people say, well, they weren't, saved, uh, they weren't saved to begin with. That's not what the scripture says. This is to the church. They've grown cold. And so I'm not here to judge anybody. You're the one that looks in your own heart. You're the one that says, Pastor, I, wa I was on fire, but I'm not that way. And I don't want to be lukewarm. I want to be, on, I want to be radical for the Lord. For the remainder of my days, maybe you say, well, I've lost a lot of years. I'm, I'm getting older. Listen, God can make the next three years be like 30 years. Because the Bible even says he will restore to you the years of the locust of Eden, the caterpillar, the canker woman, the palm woman. So you're the one that writes. It. And only you can look into your heart. I'm not even here. I'm not here to judge anybody. I'm just talking to you. Just look in your heart. Say, God, if there's anything, I want it gone tonight. And I want the fire to come and burn it out. I don't want, I'm not going to be battling with this for the, next, for the rest until you come. I want it out. I want it gone. I want to be used of you. I want to fulfill my heavenly assignment. I want to fulfill why you put me on the earth. 
Maybe something outward and people, they know about it, so they even remind you of it. Because people get mean, man. They remind you, hey, remember you did this, whatever. Tell them to shut up, man. It's, it's not, yes. All of sin comes from the glory of God. It's about what Jesus has done, and you have to humble yourself to receive it. So a lot of people are sitting back saying, well, God already knows, and the Lord knows what I've done. Yeah, he does. But he still says, come here, I'm going to use you. Come here, I'm going to use you. Will you let me use you? Because he uses people. Ordinary people. And I meet, I talk about ministers, pastors of great churches, and, and they said, man, I was going for God, and then the storm came, like a hurricane from hell. A sudden divorce, a bankruptcy, the loss of a loved one, a sudden illness, the betrayal of a close friend, the loss of a job. Something happened that rocked their world. Rocked their world. Rocked their world. Knocked the wind out of their sails. Acts 3 and 19, second part of the verse says, well, the whole verse, repent and be converted that your sins may be blotted out, that the times of refreshing, of recovering from the effects of the heat, of reviving with fresh air will come from the presence of the Lord. That's what the Amplified says. Tonight is a night of reviving. Tonight is a night of refreshing. Tonight is a night of renewing. But you can't earn it. You can't buy it. You have to humble yourself to receive it. The arrogant leave empty, but the humble, the humble will receive that which he has. And then lastly, you hear and you don't have that assurance. You'd be amazed how many people are not assured of their salvation that if you went home tonight, put your head on your pillow and breathed out your last breath, where would you spend eternity? If you couldn't look me in the eye and say, Pastor, I know beyond a shadow of a doubt I'm going to be with Jesus, then this is for you. If you fit into any one of these three categories, quickly put your hand up right now and say, pray for me. Pray for me all across this room. This is why we came. This is an upper room. What you're feeling right now is his presence. I want every person that raise your hand to stand right where you are. Stand across this place stand across this place. I'm going to ask you to come from where you are. Come and stand and fill up the whole altar area here. Please don't leave because this is this is number two. I mean, this is number one. Number two, we're going to do number two. After this, number three. Come, stand here. Fill up this whole altar area. Come, it'll be okay. Come, squeeze in. It's going to be great. Come, come, come. Yeah, come. Come on down. Just help him if you would, please. Thy arms of love. Lord, I'm coming home. Lord, I'm coming home. Coming home. Coming home. Filter across the back. Come. Coming home. Come at us, come, come back to a new day, a new day, a new day. Lord, I'm coming home. 
Help those men. Let them come through. Help those men down there. Come. tonight the different categories but we're going to pray one prayer one prayer fits all you mean business with God God means business with you and then what we're going to do at the conclusion when I finish praying I'm going to do something that I've done around the world now in 78 countries when we finish praying I'm going to take you and I'm going to put you in the hands of the Holy Ghost that the same Holy Spirit that carried me from a young boy carried me from Africa going to carry you all the days of your life you might say but pastor you don't know I got all these things I understand I understand things in reality it means you're going to walk out here and everything's going to be fixed but it means that the Lord's with you he's going to help you through every single thing every single thing every trap every snare God's going to bring you out and then God's going to use you going to use every one of you for specific assignment. I can't do what, you, what you're supposed to do. I don't know who you know. Everyone is needed. Everyone's needed. Yeah, I'm going to be going to military bases in the Middle East, yeah, in the new year. The Lord's opened the door for me to go to military bases and go minister to the troops. I'm excited. I'm so excited about God wants to use everybody, every single person. What the devil wants to do is shut you up. You're not needed. No one wants to hear your voice. That's what the enemy said. The very fact that I'm even standing here today, it's a miracle. I mean, the persecution that we've been through beyond... A normal person would be in a mental institution. I'm telling you, every lie, every every story made up about us, things I've done and things I'm supposed to have done, and it is like it's become science fiction now. So I just laughed. I said, "Well, make up some more. You're on it. You're on such a roll now. Go for it." And I had to realize. It's not about me. It's about Jesus. It's about Jesus. And he said, all those that will live godly in Christ Jesus will suffer persecution. That's going to happen. A servant is not greater than his master. They, they persecuted Jesus. They, they said he cast out devils by the devil. And he said, well, it's fine. If I cast out devils by the devil, how do you cast them out? 
A house divided against itself cannot stand. So tonight is a night of surrender. So I'm going to ask you to do this right now just to close your eyes and raise your right hand to heaven. And we're going to pray one prayer for it all. If you mean busy with God, God means busy with you. So let's pray together. Say this on me. Say, Father, I come to you in the precious name of your son Jesus. Lord, you said in your word, if I confess with my mouth, Jesus is my Lord and my Savior. And I believe in my heart that God has raised you from the dead. God has raised you from the dead. I will be saved. I will be saved. So, Father, right now, so Father, right I now, confess. I confess. Jesus. Jesus is my Lord. Is my Lord and my Savior. And my Savior. Come into my heart right now. Come into my heart right now. Take out the stony heart. Take out the stony heart. Put in the heart of flesh. Put in the heart of flesh. Wash me. Wash me. Cleanse me. Cleanse me. Change me. Change me. Fill me. Fill me. Use me. Use me. Let me never be the same again. Let me never be the same again. I turn my back on the world. I turn my back on the world. I turn my back on sin. I turn my back on sin. And I follow you, Lord Jesus. And I follow you, Lord Jesus. Thank you for dying for me. Thank you for dying for me. Thank you for shedding your blood for me. Thank you for shedding your blood for me. Thank you that on the third day you rose for me. Thank you on the third day you rose for me. And thank you that you're coming back again for me. And thank you that you're coming back again for me. From this night on. From this night on. I'll never be. I'll never be. The same again. The same again. I confess. I confess. Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ. Has come in the flesh. Has come in the flesh. He is. He is. My Lord. My Lord. And my Savior. My Savior. And right now. Right now. By faith. By faith. In the finished work of the cross. The finished work of the cross. And by the shed blood of Jesus. And by the shed blood of Jesus. I am saved. I'm saved. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. For saving me now. Saving me. Now lift both hands. Jesus. Father, I pray that you would seal them now by your blood and by your spirit. That on that day, not one shall be missing on that day. Be about them as a wall of fire. And use them all the days of their life. May they bring many souls to you. May they never come before you empty-handed on that day. Make them mighty soberness. And Lord, let them fulfill heaven's eternal purpose for their life. Even now, I break every attack of the enemy, every curse. I send it back to where it's come from in the name of Jesus. I break every bondage. I break every hindrance. Everything that's held you back, I break it. In the name of Jesus. And I set you free now. In Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. Now, I'm going to pray for you for the fire. And I'm going to pray for everybody else. If you, if you want the fire, stand. All those that want the fire, heaven now. Now, if God puts this fire on you for a purpose, okay? It's for souls. It's not just so we can shake and bake and quake, okay? And just feel good. It's really, it's for souls. If, if the church, the modern church, plays with revival and comes to get touched, to come back to get touched, to come back to get touched, you're no different to the drug addict or the alcoholic. They, and they never stayed in the upper room. They went out on the streets. This is for the harvest. God's going to use people in the schools. God's going to use people in the universities, 
in places of government, in places of business, in every street. It would be possible to take a map of this region. I'm talking to the local church here and blow it up, put it on a wall and put a, a compass of a mile radius around it and say, okay, we're going to hit every house and then go to two miles and just start hitting everything that moves. We've done that in Tampa, which I'll tell you a little bit about what's been happening there over 20 years. It's remarkable. And I'm going to tell you some statistics. It's got nothing to do with me. This is from the Tampa Police Department and the FBI. You want to hear what's happening in Hillsborough County, the second most populous area in the state of Florida? I'll tell you after this. Now, when we pray, some of you already baptized, you received the baptism of the Holy Spirit, but others maybe not. I'm going to ask you to yield, because it's all about yielding. And, and I want to take your hand and put it on your belly, because that's where the river comes. The river doesn't come out of your head. So don't stand here trying to work the stuff out. You have to open your mouth, and this sound has to come out of your mouth. And you have to yield to the Holy Spirit, and God will speak through you. The, the Holy Ghost will talk through you. It's not in your English language. It's not in um, Cajun or whatever language you speak. It, it's not in French or, or whatever. It, it, it's in a heavenly language that comes out of your belly. And you just have to trust the Lord and then let it, let it go. Amen? And, and, you, and that fire, I'm going to ask him for his fire to come on your mouth so you can speak God's word, your ears so you can hear his purpose and plan, your eyes so you can see ahead things that are coming, your feet so you can go where he tells you to go, your hands so you can lay hands on the sick and, and they will recover. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. And even your nose so you can smell things that are happening. You, no, because a lot of people have no clue what God's doing. But a person with a spiritual nose can they know they know they know the ways of the of heaven and and you we're going to have our five spiritual senses just like we have our five natural senses amen it's important very important i've never met so many blind preachers or deaf preachers or dumb preachers uh, that's just in the preacher camp okay so we're going to pray and god's going to answer by fire as he always does and his fire is going to come on you. And it doesn't mean to say that you have to go into the full-time ministry. There are some. God might call. But you have to step into the fullness of what God has for you in the realm and the sphere of your influence. I was, the church we were at last night, the, the, the sheriff just asked the pastor if he would, if he would be the chaplain of 150 of, of the, uh, um, the police department, you know, the force. I mean, supernatural things that are happening. So God will open doors for you that other people don't have. You're going to go to places I can't go. Amen? And so you have to get heaven's assignment for yourself and, and, and then do it. And it won't come without criticism. There are going to be people think you're crazy or whatever. But uh, the day that they don't think you're crazy, come tell me. It's just that's the way it is. You know, Billy Graham, who was a great man of God and really impacted me years ago watching his films as the, they sang just as I am without one plea and the, they streamed to the altar. When he went to England they said that he was manipulating the people through the music. That's why the altars were filled. So he stopped all music and the altars doubled. <laughs> he went to Central Park for his last crusade and they had posters up false prophets 
Billy, Billy Graham never, ever, ever, ever said, for the Lord would stand to you. He never prophesied over one person. And they called him a false prophet. So he is the great Billy Graham. He manipulates people. He is a false prophet. It doesn't matter, man. I learned a long time ago, it didn't matter what my name was. Rodney Arn Brown, Rodney Arn Blue, Rodney Arn Green, Rodney Arn Purple. You're going to get attacked. So just be happy. Amen. Now lift those hands to heaven. We're going to pray. Father, I pray. Now let me pray. Father, I pray for a baptism of the Holy Ghost and fire as promised by the head of the church, the Lord Jesus Christ. Let the fire of the Holy Ghost come right here. Now, in Jesus' name, now just begin to speak it out of your belly. Brokotala marange cipre. Recamba a aso nombre. Recadenam brivando le beca cipre. Rando reque cipre via. Paranda rabacaso provon. Reno no no rando rarida. Rando roro. Retoro. Sambrea. Periana rara kiposo. Horebo Sando Rikapa. Speak it out. The fire of the Holy Ghost. Out of your belly will flow rivers of living water. Rivers. 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 Rivers of living water. It's like an eruption. It's like an eruption. It's like a volcano. It's like a lava flow. Open your mouth. Open your mouth. Yield. Lift up your voice.
New wine, new wine, new wine. New wine. Now, fill them to overflowing with your joy, Lord. Fill them with your joy. Fill them with your oil. Fill them with the wine. Now, listen carefully. This fire does not go from you. You're the one that fans the flames. You're the one that stirs it up. It's easy to get fire in you. You could bring an Aflac duck in you, you get fire. It's when you go out and all hell's coming against you. And you have to stir it up on the inside. Are you with me? Now there's a lot of things you can do to enhance it. If you want more, how many want more? Give away what you have. You can't get more till you give away what you have. It's a never-ending cycle. He fills you up to pour you out. And you stay hungry and you stay thirsty and you stay humble and you come and you drink. Fills you up and pours you out. Give away what you got. Somebody said, I want more than what you even receive right now. You must give away. And God will give you more. That's how it is. That's how come I still am in revival all these years later. When a lot of places, they finish with revival and churches, we still in it. We never stop. And then I learned how to drink on the job. Which is very important. So even tonight, I've been blessed. Yeah, while the Lord's touching people, I pause for a moment and drink myself. <laughs> Amen. When people come to me and say, well, then how do you stay? Whatever. I say, I'm not stupid. You think, you think the Holy Ghost coming here and I just let everybody get it and I don't get it? <laughs> Absolutely not. Because I'll get whatever anybody else doesn't want. I'm taking And that's, that's, how, that's the way it is. So I leave the meeting blessed because I drink. I'm glad I came tonight. I got a little drunk here tonight. And I got me some little Holy Ghost Cajun on fire hot sauce here tonight. So now, because the upper room's place of empowerment 
It's not a hotel you check in and never check out of. There has to come an assignment to everybody's fire. Which I'm not here long enough to even deal with that. I'm just here to spark something. Are you with me? And I deal with people all the time and I say, uh, well, what are you doing? I'm doing this. And you can see there's no passion, there's no fire, nothing there. And I say, well, what would you do if, there were, if money was no object? What? And then suddenly their face lights up and I would do that. And that's actually what they should be doing. So, because when you start to stir up what you would do if you could, is where you, because while I'm, I was in Africa as a boy collecting stamps and I'd hold a stamp and I'd look and they would say, America. And I wonder, do you think I'll ever get there? And then Canada. And then all the islands, and Cayman Islands, and of the Caribbean, and you know, each country has got different stamps and different things that they emphasize. And the Grand Canyon, do you think I'll ever see that? Mauritius, the island of Mauritius, and all across now 78 countries. And the other day, I opened a drawer and found my stamp collection from when I was a kid. And I pulled them out just to look at them again. And I thought, I've been there, I've been there, I've been there, I've been there. So, but in the natural, it was impossible. In the natural, it was so impossible. If you saw where I came from, you'd laugh. You'd laugh for days. It's impossible to get to where I've come from, where I've come from. It's impossible. Only God can do it. And God, by His Holy Spirit, will take you from where you are now to accomplish what God's called you to do. It's got nothing to do with money. I came here with $300 and a wife and three children with $300. So. You don't need much when you have fire. When you don't have fire, you need a whole lot. And then you're just going to waste it because it won't buy you what you need. But the fire in you will propel you and move you and make a way for you. Because the Holy Spirit will teach you if you ask Him. If you ignore Him, you just be stupid. You can come here stupid and leave anointed stupid. But if you come and say, Lord, I need wisdom. I, I felt like a total idiot because every day I'm, Father's me asking for wisdom again. You know, <laughs> Every day, you know, give me more. I want more wisdom. And, and teach me. Show me lead me, guide me, you know. And don't go to outside people and ask for their opinion. You can ask for people's expertise on how to do something, but don't go get their opinion. Especially don't go ask people that don't believe in the Holy Ghost what they think. That's like, that's like really stupid. You know, somebody's never been in the bayous, never been out. And, and What's it like out there? You're gonna, you're gonna get one of them big gators gonna take a chunk out of you, because he don't know anything. That guy doesn't know nothing. Amen? Amen. All right. So the Lord will help you. The same Holy Spirit that helped me will help every one of you, because you have access to the same Holy Spirit that helped me. Can you imagine that? You have access to the same Holy Ghost that helped me. You have access to the same Holy Spirit to talk to Him, and He'll talk to you. And he'll speak to you in the night hour. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. 
a lot of ministers they want to be the middleman I, I, I ain't the middleman or nothing I'm introduced you to the man and you can hear his voice and do what he tells you to do amen so this is very important and it's all about souls it's all about eternity it's not just so we can come to church and feel happy amen so now okay we're going to do number three now which is the the whole empowerment and assignment i'm going to give you some assignments i'm not saying this is the only way i don't care what method you use to win souls personally just win souls you know how many fishermen are here all right we well, should be a lot okay when you catch fish you use different bait for different fish isn't that right I've always been shocked at what I actually caught some fish on. Because the fish didn't know that it wasn't what it thought it was. I had this crazy idea, I'll tell you this, because you're fishermen here. So, I mean, probably the biggest fish, sorry, I nearly fell off that. Uh, the biggest fish, <laughs> I did, the whole world was falling there. Um, I, I had this crazy idea that I wanted to, I was in Australia preaching, I said, I'm going to go catch a marlin. I've never caught a marlin, never even caught a, probably the biggest fish was, you know, 20 pounds. You know. I'm going to catch me a marlin. I just got this crazy idea, I'm going to catch me a marlin. So I, we, I was preaching in Sydney, I was doing a whole tour of Australia, and this was back in the 90s, and I called up at Cairns on the Great Barrier Reef, and I said, I want the best marlin boat, because I only got three days, I'm going to come catch me a marlin. And they told me the best modern boat was a, a boat owned by Lee Marvin, the actor, but because he didn't have it anymore. But the captain told me the captain's name and the name of the boat. And I called the captain. I said, listen, I've got three days. Are you open? Yes. I said, I'm coming in. I want to catch a marlin. And he laughed. He said, first of all, it's not marlin season. And you can't catch a marlin this time. You have to come another time of the year. I said, look, I don't have another time. I'm here now. I'm coming to catch a marlin. He said, you won't get marlin. I said, yes, I will get a marlin. I'm coming to catch a marlin. And he said, it's impossible. He said, besides that, some people come for two weeks and don't catch them on. I said, that's fine. I only have three days. So I'm coming to catch them on. So then I said to the Lord, well, I want to do a meeting up there. So I, I, I told the guys in the church, give me a meeting up there. We had 1,500 people come to Cairns, the Great Barrier Reef, and I, got, I gave an altar call. 300 got saved. So then I said, well, okay, it has to be bigger than 300-pound marlin. I've got 300 souls. I mean, I talk to the Lord like this all the time. Would irritate some people. I don't really care. You know, I go fishing and the fish jump in the boat and I catch it in mid-air. I mean, I go hunting. Animals line up. They all try to find of who. Me, me, no me, no me. You know, so crazy stuff. I mean, I can't even tell half the stuff because people, they get mad at me. But I mean, I'm just a natural person. I'm a normal person. I'm not like some crazy I'm, you know, I'm just going hunting, fishing, and do what Jesus said do. And you know, so anyway, so he, we get to the boat, and he says, first of all, it's the wrong season. I said, no, it's the right season. We're going to go. He said, well, I have to go deep. I said, I don't care if you go to Papua New Guinea. We're going to catch them all. <laughs> and uh, but he, then he looked at me. He said, now something strange has happened. I said, what do you mean? He said, well, look at the sea. He said, everything's changed. He said, this is not normal weather. I said, oh, really? He said, he said, yeah, dude, look how flat the ocean is. And he said, this is actually how, like marlin, this is how we catch marlin. I said, I told you. He said, no, we're not going to catch marlin. We just need to go to a reef and catch bottom fish. I'm not catching bottom fish. I'm coming for marlin. 
Don't even launch out in the deep, you know, the whole thing. I mean, I'm on a mission. <laughs> so we go out 56 miles out, and we're in a 1,000 foot of water. The temperature was 72 degrees. And I'm sitting this hot in the, in the Australian sun, and they're up in the tower, and I hear this from the tower. Hey, mate, it's a beauty. It's a beauty. Oh, no, oh, no. Oh. Yeah, it's a beauty. And then suddenly, like that. And I run, and the rod's down, and I jump into the chair. They're strapped in the chair, and I grab the rod, and I hit back, and this thing comes up out of the water, and I got me a marlin. <laughs> okay. No, no, no. But so it, this thing, I thought I was going to die. I thought. <laughs> I stopped praying. I said, you're an idiot. You... <laughs> I thought it was going to pull the boat under the water. It was like reeling a motor car that was driving away from me. I've never felt anything like that in my life. And I start to pray. I say, oh, God, how foolish I am. I'm like, the, no, like I'm the pastor praying for revival. Now I've got revival. Oh, God, what, I'm going to die. I will die today. Meanwhile, I'm strapped in, so I can't pull out. I thought I'm going to go in after the mom. He's going to go off, and I'm going to go under the water with him, you know. But you know what I caught him on? A, a milk carton with some purple streamers with a giant hook. I said to the captain, I said, well, this is not even a tuna. He said, no, and he said, the marlin doesn't know that. <laughs> so what was it? It was bait to catch a marlin. So then I said to the captain, how long? Because I, I was hyperventilating, sweat pouring out. I mean, I thought I'm going to die here today. And he said, it's going to take four hours. And I said, oh, no. I'll be, I'll be dead in four hours. So I start talking to the fish. I talk to the fish. Okay, now you, we're going to have a deal. You come in now, and I'll tag you. Release, because we're tagging release. I'll tag and release, please. I can't. And I, the Lord helped me. I got him in in 35 minutes. Wow. Okay. Watch this now. So now I'm so finished that, no, I'm finished. I'm like, Every adrenaline sucked out of me. I mean, I, the side of the boat, the, the marlin comes on the side. They measure him 11 and a half foot. 500 pound approximate black marlin. I lean on, I almost fall on top of the fish. I lean on the thing. I'm looking over the boat. Like and, I, and so now they hold the bill. And as they hold the bill to resuscitate, it lights up like a Christmas tree. I mean, it's the most amazing thing. Like this. It's like electricity going through it. And then it suddenly took off. So we take really. So he puts the flag up. They caught him on it. Now he says, well, we're going to catch some more. I said, no more. No more. Okay. Nothing. No. But he wouldn't stop. He was, so, we caught the biggest marlin in the history of cans out of season. And, and the Lord used it. It was, it was a sign and a wonder. But I learned something that day about catching fish. I thought I was going to be using a tuna. But I used a milk carton. And it's the same when we win souls. We use bait. We use bait. We, 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 we get people to come. And then we lead them to Jesus. And we use any bait. Even some of the stinky bait catches fish. Have you noticed? How many know? Okay, so our job is to catch fish. We have to catch fish. So I want to ask everybody if you go sit down just for a moment, and then we're going to give you some tools, and I'll give you some encouragement on this. How many tonight are committing you're going to win souls? Come on. Who, who will win souls till Jesus comes? Come on. How many are going to win souls? Come on, I want to see you. Who promises you're going to win souls? Everybody shout souls. Everybody say the harvest. 
Everybody say Jesus. Jesus. The only thing you can take with you when you leave the earth is people. Nothing else. Your clothes are not even going with you. Hello? Everybody say the harvest. Hey guys, don't go yet. I have an Hey, y'all come back here. I'm not finished. What do you think this is? Yeah, don't go yet, man. You know how long I've, you know how far I came here for this. It took me 20 years to go. It gets you. It's only quarter past nine. We're going to be through here shortly, man. Now, while you're finding your, your seat, let me just say this. So when, when the Lord, and I'll just tell you this, I'm going to be frank with you. How many don't mind if I be frank with you? Okay. No, but I'm going to be frank right now. I, I'll tell you right now, I gave up on America. I gave up on America because I got tired. Listen to me. I got tired of standing in the middle of nowhere because the churches that wanted revival just wanted to fall on the ground and not do anything with the power. And then the people that didn't want the fire didn't want to, they want to win soul, but they don't want the fire. So I find myself in Never Never Land. I'm in the middle. I thought to the Lord, this is just great. All the people of God that want the fire, they want to just sit and fall in the ground and roll in the ground and get whatever. The, the purpose of the anointing is for souls. It's always about souls. And then all our evangelical brothers are scaredy cats. Oh, yeah. Scared I'm going to get the fire. Fire's not going to hurt you. We never had anybody die in all the years. Because, well, how did you die? He went there that meeting and the fire got him and he died. Not one, not one casualty on fire in all the years of revival. Not one casualty of fire. So, so when we started running across America, 55 cities, 27 months, out of the 1.1 million people that were saved, half a million, listen to this, was in retirement homes. And the Lord put retirement homes on my heart because the Lord said to me, that's the bus stop to eternity many seniors are left in the retirement homes and assisted living homes by the kids who don't care anymore. They, can't, they take the parents and drop them there and they just kind of leave them. And the, the abuse and all kinds of stuff that goes on in there is beyond the pale. You cannot imagine what... It's, it's a lonely... I mean, I can't even tell you what... It, it, it's, it makes you almost just want to weep, you know, because I took care of both my mother and my father until they went home. I made them come. I kept them in the house. I, I hired extra people. Look after. I mean, I did whatever needed to be done to make them as happy until the end. Until my mother didn't want to be here because her body was just failing. Her. She was 90. She left last June, and she just was miserable, you know. And I and I talked about going. I said, "Bomb, it's probably time for you to go home." I said, "Yeah, we've kept you here 10 years longer than you probably should have. You know, our faith has kept you here." But she, her short-term memory had gone, so she kept repeating herself. It was very frustrating for her, you know, because we were like, you know, we had, you know, we had to act surprised every time she told us, even though she just told us, you know. 
and uh, but still a character. I mean, just amazing sense of humor. But her body was failing and stuff like that. And and I told my brothers, I said, it's really not fair. We keep praying for her. And I talked about going home, and, and she said, okay, if she wanted to go. And I wasn't trying to get rid of my mother. It was just there comes a time when you need to leave the earth. You know, there comes a time when your day is done. And um, but knowing all of that, I. I really felt the Lord speak to us to target that. So over half a million people came that were saved inside retirement homes. The testimonies are huge. Let me give you one, for example. A soul when it goes into a retirement home, then there's an area called assisted living. It goes in there. There's a lady, 83 years of age, curled up in a fetal position on a on on the bed, but she's groaning. Now, she's not groaning because she's in pain. She's not groaning for any other reason she's actually dying and we only found out what she was groaning about when the soul one shook her because we tell them shake him and wake him okay shake him and wake him so she she begins to she's groaning and the soul one goes in shakes the lady and the lady looks straight up in the eyes and this is after the nurse said she's non-responsive she won't talk to you she has not talked to us she hasn't eaten two weeks we just put water on her mouth no kids nobody here she's lying by herself no doctor nothing she's just there she's lying there so when it shakes her the lady opens her eyes and looks in the soul in her eyes and says my soul is lost so she knew she was dying and there was no one to help her there was no one to help her and the lady led her to Christ and went down and prayed for two rooms, come back, and the lady was gone. And I always <clears throat> see things in pictures, so I can just picture the demons that were supposed to deliver her soul to hell, and they get back empty-handed. Now they have to report to the devil why you, why you have nobody, okay? And <clears throat> I can just see the devil go. I can see the devil. How did you lose her? And they go, those people, what people? Those people that came from that Holy Ghost and fire meeting. They, they snatched her. Listen, for 83 years they've been working on her. And a, and a, and a, and a Holy Ghost soul snatcher took her. Now, to a lot of pastors, that means nothing because she didn't come to the altar. She's not going to pay tithes and all that kind of stuff. This is, this is the craziness goes on. It's about eternity, man. These, these are people. They are people. Every second since I've started this meeting here tonight, thousands of people have died in the world. What percentage of them went to, etern- to be with the Lord? What percentage went to lost eternity? There's no hope for them. So, I walked into one retirement home, and there was an area that said Alzheimer's unit. I thought, I'm going to go in there. I'm going to see if I can connect with somebody, because I'm always testing everything out. So let me see if I can, you know, because people with Alzheimer's, they don't know who they are, whatever. And, you know, I'm crazy, so maybe we could connect. You know what I mean? <laughs> no, no. But I wasn't prepared for what happened. I wasn't prepared. I'm just testing something out. So I walk into this Alzheimer's unit, and a little lady looks at me, and she goes, Frank, Frank, my son, you've come to see me. 
And I want to go, no, no, I'm not your son. I'm not Frank. I was starting to say that. And the Lord said, today, you're Frank. <laughs> and then I thought, I thought, I've said many times, let me be frank with you. So I'm going to be frank right now. And I said, Mom, I'm so happy to see you. And she grabbed me and kissed me on the cheek. And, you know, she snapped out of dementia for three minutes. I talked to her. I led her to Jesus. I prayed with her. She accepted Christ. And then she started babbling. And I walked out there. I know I'll see you in heaven when I get to the other side. Come on. We've got to plunder hell and populate heaven. That's why we run into 300 cities. Out of this group here tonight will come mighty soul winners. Out of this group tonight will come people that God will give you creative ways to reach the lost, to reach people that no one else is reaching, to go into places, schools, universities, places of government, places of business. Listen, everywhere, retirement homes, assisted living homes, prisons, it, it doesn't matter. Wherever people are, God will show you how to catch those fish. And you will be criticized for some of the bait you're going to be used is going to not be acceptable by certain groups and certain abominations, I mean denominations, and they're going to get mad. We've been accused of buying souls. And we've been accused of everything. And I just laugh, you know, I just, whatever, man, whatever. I, I treat everyone like they're all saved. They just don't know it yet. They don't know I've sat with multi-millionaires, and as I'm talking to them, tears start coming right out of the tear ducts. I'm not, I'm not about like a tear. I'm talking about like turn on a tap, tears. And they're eating a meal. They go, I don't know what this is I'm feeling. I feel something. I said, yeah, this is Jesus. It is? Yeah. I said, you know, we have church like this. You have church like this? Oh, yeah. I must come and see. Yeah. So, I mean, it's awesome. The world's hungry for God. They don't want religion. You know what I mean? They, they're hungry. They're hungry for Jesus. They're hungry for the reality of the power of God. Come on. It's not hard. And there's ways of catching fish, different lures and a net. And then when all else fails, one stick of dynamite on the water. And they all come to the top. I like that. So on revival.com, we have soul winning tools. We've got the gospel script in over 50 languages. We have a survey. But again, I'm not saying this is the only method. I don't care. Again, one preacher said to me, I don't like your method. I said, what method do you have? I don't have a method. I like my method. <laughs> it does work. It works for a person that's full of the fire. It does not work for a religious person. So it's so simple. You have to read it. It's a script. So you don't get off script. You don't argue about the Pope. And argue about the translation of the scripture. Argue about this and that. You stay with the script. The first two questions, they'll either receive or say get away. But that doesn't mean say you're lost. Because one of our someone has walked up to a man at a bus stop in Minneapolis, three-piece suit, the briefcase and said has anyone ever told you God loves you a great plan for your life if you die today we will spend eternity and the blood drained from his face and he looked at them and said yes two days ago someone said that to me and I cussed them out and said get out of here but he said 
I went home. He said, I haven't been able to sleep for two nights. <laughs> and I'm in a real quandary. Please help me. And they led him to Christ. So, so again, don't take it personally, please. You know, you're only the messenger. You deliver the message. People, But here's the thing, too. No one will have an excuse on that day. So, let me say this about Tampa. Pastor, come stand here. Now, in the city of Tampa, that we have targeted for 20 years. All right after Madison Square Garden, 99, we started targeting Tampa. One mile radius, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, ten, twelve mile radius, all across the whole of central Florida. We trained 170 local churches to do what we do. I mean, we have done everything. And of course, now we're starting home groups across the city. They're so winning home groups. We're about 110 of them because they're not just fellowship in a house uh, eating pie. They win souls. They soul winning homeless. Big difference. They're winning their neighbor across the street. They're bringing them to church. Everybody's being active, okay? And then people are going to Walmart and buying small tents and having tent meetings all over the city. It's crazy. No. And I tell everybody, just win souls. I was out of town one week. 12,000 people were saved in Tampa. 12,000 people got saved in Tampa. And so people are winning souls. And we're filling up all the churches in the city of Tampa because... I have a three and a half four to four hour Sunday service. So I don't have multiple services. Somebody said, well, I have multiple. Our place is packed. I have one service. If when, 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 when your team, what team do you have here? You have a team, don't you? No, no, a sports team, sports team. Yeah, in this, do they play five times the same day to accommodate the crowd? Exactly. Then I risk my case. That's it. Uh, there are, uh, I rest my case. <laughs> we have one plane. You miss it, you miss it. That's it. So that's how we have church. And our church is about Jesus. You know, people, if they show up, great. But it's about Jesus, about his presence. Yesterday, I'm still trying to work out. It was my God. Hmm. Anyway. So from 99 to 2011, the crime rate in the city of Tampa dropped 67%. That's according to the Tampa Police Department and the FBI. From, from 2011 to the beginning of 2018, the crime rate dropped another 11%. And Pastor Eric, myself, one of our other pastors, met with the sheriff of our county, brand new sheriff, and, and he said, everywhere I go, I hear of the River Church. I mean, we go into the hood. Okay, I can go into the hood right now. I have a thousand people coming in the hood because they all know. We've had, we have like four and a half thousand people that ride the buses that'll come over a six month period of time. So I go in there. I've done it. And a thousand people in the school hall and they go, Pastor Rodney, you come to my hood. I mean, because they all, people know we feed 900 families a week. I mean, we've been targeting the inner city for 20 years. We're doing something now. We, we've been doing it. And the, and the sheriff said last year the crime rate dropped another 11%. He said we're number two demographic in the state of Florida and we ranked number 11 in crime. And he said that should not be the case. We didn't hire any extra officers. But when people knock on every door, go into every school, go into the university, go into the places of business, go into the places of government, and they're talking to people, and they're praying with people, and they're at Walmart, and they're at this store, and the coffee shop, and everywhere they go, at the, getting your hair done, getting your nails done, everywhere. Talk about Jesus. Tell people about Jesus. Tell them how much he loves them. But if you don't know he loves you, how are you going to tell anybody he loves you? Are you with me? 
And if your face certainly doesn't show that he loves you. <laughs> it's important what I'm telling you. Very important. So um, <clears throat> the police, our guys went into one of the, you know, real bad areas in the inner city of Tampa. And the police showed up. They said, what are you doing? They said, we're from the river. Church. Oh, river. Okay. We'll leave you guys. You, you're doing great. Awesome. Yeah. Because they know. They know what we're going to do there. And people being saved and set free and delivered and power of God. People falling on the power of God in the streets, you know. But we get them saved first. We don't just pray for them first. We get them saved first. Amen. Hallelujah. So, what if... I must say this, then Pastor Eric picked up. What if I told you that there's enough firepower in this room to shake the whole of Baton Rouge sitting here right now? The, the head of the Student Christian Council called our youth pastor and said, I just want to tell you this, and this is what, four years ago. He said more kids are being saved in the high schools of Hillsborough County than any other county in the whole of America. Because we mobilize every, every, every person's winning souls. There's people in the church sitting five rows back, seven rows on the side, and they led 30,000 people to the Lord. You know, over 2101 evangelism. I got mass crusade evangelists sitting there. They work, one guy works at an RV place, selling RVs. He saves money and goes down to Central America. When you see the crowds, you'll think bonkers being there. It's him. He sent me a video. I'm sitting there. I show my wife. Look at this. The guy sits. He sits in church like this. He's just like very unassuming. Like sells RVs. He's having mass crusades. <laughs> he his mass crusade is bigger than some permanent mass crusade evangelist, and he sells RVs. <laughs> and I. All I'm saying is. As a pastor, you just have to turn them loose. Don't control anybody. Somebody say, I feel the Lord say me to do it. I feel God say do it. Do it. Well, they might leave the church. Then it's fine. It's time for them to leave. Don't make people sit there and be miserable. What's worse than a miserable believer warming a pew? And they're not fulfilling God's call in their life. And most people are not going to leave unless God calls them. But every one of you must be used of God. Every single person here must be used of God, all of you here. Every one of you must be used of the Lord. Every one of you, every single one of you, from the littlest child to the oldest saint, must be used of God. The only thing we can take with us when we leave this earth is people, souls. can't leave it up to one or two or three evangelists. Oh, they're crazy. You know, they're evangelists. Shut up. Win souls. And I'll say this in closing. Pastor Eric's going to take over right now. These people are going to get to heaven and be totally embarrassed. No, no, because they have nothing to show for their life on earth. Empty-handed I come. I brought nobody with me. I barely got myself here.
You know there's a crown for soul winners? I'd like you to pick yours up. Hmm? Who wants a soul winner's crown? Who'd like to have an overcomer's crown? Who wants a crown of life? You want them all? Fine. But you know, I want to help other people get their crowns too. I And I told our, river, our church in Tampa, every one of you are going to get treasure. No one, I'm not standing there on prize giving day and you sit there empty handed. And when, 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 when we stand there and stack you up and load you up, people say, Whew, what church is that? Say, that's that pastor, that crazy African-American pastor from... Because I'm an African, and I became an American. I'm an African-American. Yeah. Yeah. And, I, and I've been adopted by two Indian tribes. Hey, 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 hey. And I'm part Hispanic. Gloria a Dios. So, come on. Souls. Say this, raise your right hand, say, I will, by God's grace, take as many people with me before I leave this earth. I will not arrive in heaven empty-handed. I will win souls. Father, help me to bring many to you so that on that day I can hear these words. Well done. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Amen. Now, how many see what we're doing now in the, in the cities? One night, ignite. Pastor Eric. We're going to have the ushers just hand these out real quick. We're going to show you a method called power evangelism. It's only going to take a few moments, and we're going to show you how every person can win souls and make disciples. Amen? Take this fire outside the four walls of the church. We're going to hand this out real quick. It's just going to take a moment. We're going to show you how to do it. This is not the only method to win souls, but this is a method that works. Amen? If you have a method that works, that's great. If you don't have a method, this is one we use. We've seen millions of people get saved. No exaggeration at all. As they're handing this out, just focus for one moment, and I'll tell you why we call it power evangelism. It's because of the message you just heard tonight. Acts 1.8, you shall receive power after that, the Holy Ghost comes on upon you and you shall be witnesses. It's called power evangelism because the gospel is the power of God. Romans 1.16 says, For I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation that everyone that believes. And then 2 Timothy 1.7, The Lord's not giving me a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. Whether you have a good hair day, bad hair day, no hair day, it doesn't matter. Whether you're tall, thin, short, wide, tall, whatever, dark, light. The gospel is the power of God. Whether you feel good or not, the gospel is the power of God. It, it doesn't matter if you know the whole Bible or you don't. The gospel is the power of God. If you have the fire of God in you, when they look in your eyes, they're going to see Jesus. When you grab your hand, they're going to feel Jesus. And when you speak, they're going to hear Jesus. Can you say amen? So the reason this works is because the gospel is the power of God. Can you say amen? So we're going to teach you a simple way to do this. I'm going to get Eduardo to come up. We both work at, we sell RVs. You know, that goes right along with this thing. I'm just having fun. So he's going to grab that mic. And, and, and you, you can do this to people you don't know. Like today, we're in a hotel, obviously. And the guy came out to bring our car up because you have to valet there. There's no choice. And when he comes out, 
I grabbed his hand right there, and I and I just went through what I'm about to show you right now. Guy bowed his head right in the street, right in the streets here, in in, in this city, and just prayed a prayer with me. It was powerful, and and accepted the Lord. So this is how it goes. So and then just a couple other scriptures. The Bible says, ask of me and I'll give you the heathen as an inheritance, the uttermost parts of the world as a possession. You can actually use your faith for souls, not just a new Cadillac and a raise. Psalm 2.8, ask of me and I'll give you the heathen. You can ask for souls. Amen. And then Romans 2.4, the goodness of God leads people to repentance. Just listen close. Someone's sitting there drinking a beer on a street corner. You tell them to go into hell, they'll tell you to go to hell. Listen, the goodness of God leads people to repentance. You don't tell them how bad they are. You tell them how good God is. The Holy Spirit convicts. Listen close. The Holy Spirit convicts. Your job is not to convict. Your job is to proclaim. Can you say amen? You proclaim the gospel, God's going to show up. You can't tell people how bad they are. Okay, let the Holy Spirit convict, okay? So I'm going to, me and, me and uh, Eduardo work together, and I'm going on a lunch break. It's only going to take a minute, and we're going to be done. And so we're on lunch break, and I've been praying. I go, I go to the river. I go to the river right here, okay? And this is my church that I go to, and, uh, and I'm going on lunch break, and, I'm, and, and we, we've been selling RVs together for a while. So I say, Eduardo, let's go on lunch break. So we go on lunch break, and all you do is read it. Say, just read it. Now, someone says, you can't just read it. Well, Jesus opened the scroll and just read it. You can read it. Trust me, okay? And it puts all the focus on the message, okay? So I go to lunch, and I say, hey, Eduardo, listen, there's something I really want to, I want to read to you real quick. And, you know, we're on lunch break, and here we go. You guys ready? Follow along. Can you guys follow along real quick? Has anybody ever told you that God loves you and he has a wonderful plan for your life? Yes. Okay, great. Okay, I have a real quick but important question to ask you. If you were to die this very second, do you know for sure, beyond a shadow of a doubt, you'd go to heaven? Yes, I believe so. Okay, now what does this say? It says, great, why would you say yes? You know, I'm, I'm a good person. I go to church, you know, like Christmas and, you know, Thanksgiving. I believe I, believe I can make it. Okay, listen. I've been to 60 countries of the world, many of those teaching soul winning. Number one answer in the world is what he just said. I'm a good person. But I want you guys to realize something. He's a good person not based on a sinless Jesus. He's a good person based on the evening news. He's not murdering people, shooting, you know, blowing up buildings and robbing banks. So to him, yeah, I'm a good person. You guys have to understand that, okay? So that's the number one answer. He could say no. He could say I'm an atheist. He could say I don't believe. I don't care what he says. The gospel is the power of God. I keep going. There's only one right answer. If he said something like, I'm saved, I'm born again, I've accepted Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior, that's the answer you're looking for. He could say my dad's a pastor. I got baptized when I was a baby. I don't care what he says. The only right answer is I'm saved, I'm born again, I've accepted Jesus, something like that. If anything else, you proceed with the gospel script. Script is short for scripture card, just so you know. Okay, and then it says, right here at the bottom, it says, let me quickly share with you what the Holy Bible reads. Now, there's going to be three verses here. Is the gospel is the power of God? I'm believing that God's going to do something. Someone says, well, what if he doesn't get saved? What if he does? Hello. Okay, here we go. 
Let me quickly share with you what the Holy Bible reads. It reads, and I'll show you, you can read along right here with me. It reads, for we all have sinned and come short of the glory of God, and the wages of sin is death. Hold on, sorry. <laughs> it reads, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God, and the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Then it re Then the Bible also reads, for whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. And you're a whosoever, of course you are, we all are, turn your card over. That was just three simple verses, right? But now what you don't know, because the gospel is the power of God, what people don't know is this. The Holy Spirit is hovering over him and pounding on his heart right now. People don't get saved with their head, they get saved with their heart, okay? What you also don't know is in Hebrews it says that are they not all ministering spirits sent forth for those that shall be heirs of salvation. People have angels. Angels don't lead people, Lord. We lead people, Lord. But he's got angels that are assigned to him. I believe two 10-foot angels are beating him upside the head saying, listen to this guy. And then what about mama and grandmother that's been praying, Lord, save my family? What about all the prayers of mama or grandmother or great-great-grandmother coming and hitting him? And he might be chewing gum and acting like, hey, let's get a burger. What's up? But there's a lot happening in the supernatural. It's just not the natural, okay? A lot is happening in the supernatural. That's why the gospel is the power of God. The apostle Paul, my speech and preaching was not with enticing words of man's wisdom, but in demonstration of spirit and power that your faith should not rest in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. That was the Apostle Paul. So you're just going to step out, tell fear to go to hell. If your knees are having fellowship one with the other, I don't care if you're stuttering, if you're repeating yourself, if, you're, if, you're, if your throat is going dry, you're, you have no spit left in your mouth, the gospel is still the power of God. Are you all with me? Okay, so now, you guys here, so I said, I just read three scriptures, turn it over, almost done. It says on the back, I'm going to say a quick prayer for you. Listen close. It didn't say, can I pray for you? Okay, I might never see him again. I mean, obviously, we work together. We're, we're role-playing, you know, right now. Okay, but, I mean, if it's someone I like the guy I saw today that I led to the Lord, I did this exact same thing with the guy that brought my car around. I might never see him again, so I'm, I'm just going to go for it. You guys with me? You know, I'm going to say a quick prayer for you. Who believes God can answer a prayer? Anybody? Why don't you listen to the words of this prayer and see how powerful this prayer is, okay? I'm going to say a quick prayer for you. Lord, bless Eduardo and his family with long and healthy lives. Jesus, make yourself real to him and do a quick work in his heart. If Eduardo has not received Jesus Christ as his Lord and Savior, I pray he'll do so now. Man, I just prayed he's going to get saved right now. So now I just go on. Eduardo, if you would like to receive the gift that God has for you, say this after me with your heart and your lips out loud. Say, Dear Lord Jesus. Dear Lord Jesus. Come into my heart. Come into my heart. Forgive me of my sin. Forgive me of my sin. Wash me. Wash me. Cleanse me. Cleanse me. Set me free. Set me free. Jesus. Jesus. Thank you that you died for me. Thank you that you died for me. I believe that you're risen from the dead. I believe that you're risen from the dead. And you're coming back again for me. And that you're coming back again for me. Fill me. Fill me. With the Holy Spirit. With the Holy Spirit. Give me a passion. Give me a passion. For the lost. For the lost. A hunger. A hunger. For the things of God. For the things of God. And a holy boldness. And a holy boldness. To preach the gospel. To preach the gospel. Of Jesus Christ. Of Jesus Christ. I'm saved i'm saved i'm born again I'm born again i'm forgiven i'm forgiven and i'm on my way to heaven and on my way to heaven because i have jesus because in my heart i have jesus in my heart now you italicize part you read 
as a minister of the gospel of Jesus Christ, I tell you today, all your sins are forgiven. Always remember to run to God and not from God because he loves you and he has a great plan for your life. Isn't that awesome? Now, Eduardo, now listen, listen close. Eduardo, I go to a church called The River. It's a phenomenal church. This Pastor Butch, he's he's a phenomenal guy, his wife and the family. And and I'd love for you to come this Sunday as my personal gift. I'd like to introduce you to some people. And if you like it, great. If you don't, just come one time with me. And, and you know, I've been, to be honest with you, I've been praying for you. And that's why I took you out to lunch today to tell you about Jesus. And could you come with me? It's this Sunday at 10 a.m.? Absolutely. Are we'll you love to. Bring, can you bring your wife and family with you? Yeah, I can bring my family with Okay, me. we've got a great children's ministry. Okay, then I get his follow-up information. I get his follow-up information. Are you with me? And I make a disciple. And someone says, what if he doesn't come to church? What if he does? I tell you, I've witnessed to so many people. I've heard stuff like this. You know, I've been thinking about going to some church. I just haven't found one. I said, oh, how long have you been looking for a church? They said, oh, my goodness about three years five years they don't go i mean there's people out there that you're going to run into the life of boring you'll never live you'll never know because god's going to use you on holy ghost assignments this is cool now watch this and i'm done after this i pastors especially ministers that are here i i need to say this i mean i've been with pastor Rodney 22 years 60 countries done a lot of soul winning in church you know church growth according to the book of acts okay not not all the other stuff but listen close I have seen churches double and triple in 90 days. This is a fact. And I'm going to tell you how. Who wants to know how? By the Holy Ghost. By this service you heard tonight. Holy Ghost and power. One person in a church can turn a church upside down. One. I've seen one person bring 40 new people to church. One person that God breaks their heart for the lost. And they have a revelation that soul win is not a program, it's a passion. When you have a revelation that soul winning is not an event, like tonight, it's a lifestyle. And when you have a revelation that the currency of eternity is souls. Or the wealth of eternity is the souls of men, women, and children. The wealth of hell is souls, and the wealth of heaven is souls. Matter of fact, the streets in heaven are gold, right? So you could say the dirt in heaven is gold. That's how valuable gold is in heaven. The dirt in heaven is gold. The, the wealth of heaven and, and hell is, is souls. Can you hear, you hear me? So now here's what I do. When I lead Eduardo to the Lord, and not everybody's going to come and not everybody's going to accept, but many will. Immediately I turn Eduardo into a soul winner, and this is key. Most pastors, and I'm not being mean, and I'm probably going a little longer than I normally do, but I feel to do that right now, is we, we love people and we want to help people, but there's always the same 5, 6, 8, 10, 12 people that suck all the time out of every leader in the ministry. They're squeaky hinges, and we love them, and yes, and, and then all the people that aren't squeaky hinges, they never get any time. And I'm being, I'm, being, I'm being just straight with you guys. Let me help you with something. So here's what I'm saying. Take the people whose hearts are broken for the loss that will do this, and then take this new guy that just got saved and, and say, Eduardo, who do you know that needs the peace you have now? Who do you know that needs to, to, do you know that they're not going to heaven and they need to hear what we just, what I just share with you? Immediately, I go with him to reach his friends. You guys get in network marketing, MLMs, make a list, make a list. It's all about money. But listen, I'm not against all that. I'm, listen, but here's what I'm saying. How about make a list for eternity? How about make a list for heaven? 
And then I go with him and I help him win souls. But this is it. And then when he leads you two to the Lord, immediately we bring you to church and say, who do you know? Then you knew these two guys. So you led these two guys. So then I say, who do you know? And the next thing you know, the whole front row are new people coming to the church because someone outside the church shared their testimony and their faith with them. Then these guys are so crazy to think this wild idea that when they got led to the Lord that they're supposed to tell other people. I know it's a crazy idea. But then the DNA in the church starts changing. All of a sudden, you got a pocket of new people over here, then a pocket of new people over here, and everything starts changing. Are you guys with me? So you got to teach, you got to win people, but then teach them to win souls. Can you say amen? So I want everybody staying right now, and I'm going to pray over everybody and hand it over to Pastor Butch real quick. Someone says, does this work? The gospel works. Can you say amen? The gospel works. And then we do pray for people if they're sick. We do have gifts of the Spirit that operate when we do this. Absolutely. I mean, there's only so much we can teach in one night. I mean, God is going to use you in the miraculous. Lift your hands to heaven. Say this. Say, Lord, break my heart for what breaks yours. Lord Jesus, you said, pray ye the Lord of the harvest that he would send forth laborers, that the harvest is ripe, but the laborers are fruit. Give me a revelation that I am that laborer. I am the laborer you prayed for. I bind and I rebuke a spirit of fear in the name of Jesus. I thank you for power, love, and a sound mind. Lord, give me a holy boldness to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. Let me bring multitudes with me to heaven in Jesus' name. Lord, if you're going to use anybody, even though I might not be your first choice, or at least I feel like that, use me. If you're going to use anybody, use me. Here am I. Send me. Here am I. Send me. Here am I. Send me. Now give him a great shout of victory. Come on. Hallelujah. Woo. And then on the bottom of the card, it says revival.com forward slash S3. You can get many more tools there and report souls there. We love you.